what is it that compels us to use this routine and to find it a high value routine, which I assume we both do, but we'll see by the end of the episode. Maybe so, maybe we'll get to the end of the episode and I'll say, I'm Monday, I'm stopping. I'm that's never right, we're going to talk ourselves out of it. <laughs> In today's episode, Ingrid and Kelly dive into the topic of dictée. What is dictée? Do you love it? Do you hate it? By what criteria do we measure its value? And how can we creatively adapt it? Welcome to We Teach French with your hosts, Kelly Burt and Ingrid Veilleux. We are two podcasters on a learning adventure in French immersion. In each episode, we dive into a different topic in French immersion. Thank you for joining us. Bonjour, Madame Burt. Bonjour, Madame Veilleux. Comment ça va? Ça va bien. J'ai mon café en main. Et um, c'est agréable de pouvoir prendre un petit moment encore pour pouvoir se parler de ce qu'on fait dans la salle de classe. Oui, puis aujourd'hui, on parle de la fameuse dictée. <laughs> so, dictée, it's a hot topic. You wouldn't think that something that has so much tradition would be so controversial. When you say the word dictée, what comes to mind? Our first question is, what is dictée? Surprise, there are many versions of it. So we might be talking about different things. And then the controversy comes from if you think it's this thing that informs your opinion about it. Yeah, and I think you've introduced it nicely there. We'll talk about today our own experiences over 25 years of teaching. Like I described to you how I've been back and forth and in and out of dictée, struggled with it over my career, ups and downs, and where we are today with it and how we feel it fits into our practice. When I taught primary, I had a very different language routine And I taught late immersion for a while without dictée. And when I came to my current school, I started using dictée and I continue to use dictée. So 25 years in, I'm using dictée. Yeah, likewise. And I, like you, there have been years when I haven't done it at all and years when I've done it, but it looks different to how I'm doing it now and like you when I came to my current school I adopted another modified way of doing it and I'm still tweaking it it's my third year at this present school and in the same program and I'm still making little changes to it but the basic structure is the same as it has been for the last few years. As seasoned teachers What is it that compels us to use this routine and to find it a high value routine, which I assume we both do, but we'll see by the end of the episode. Maybe so, maybe we'll get to the end of the episode and I'll say, I'm Monday, I'm stopping. I'm that's never right, we're going to talk ourselves out of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we do, I mean, our focus in French immersion is we want our students to acquire the French language and is this routine an appropriate way is it a an effective way to mm -hmm. to teach language with with our students one of the reasons in our context i think that 
we do use la dictée is because in late French immersion, you want the pace of learning. You need the pace of learning to be quick. In two years, students are expected to catch up more or less to the eight years that their early immersion peers have done in French and then join them in high school. So every week counts. And in a way, we have to see tangible progress every single week. We can't just hope that a naturalistic approach of all speak, they'll probably learn. It feels like leaving it a little bit too much to chance. At least that's how it feels to me. I agree. What I, I suppose if I'm talking about the pros in this current context for our teaching, what I like about the structure that we're presently using is it really builds quickly and expands the student's vocabulary on a week-by-week -week basis. And I like the structure that it provides for my teaching in the week and for the students' learning because I approach it thematically. We have a theme for the dictée, and that bank of vocabulary words I use in what I'll say is the part of my routine of the day that is dedicated to dictée. We're taking a close look at this vocabulary, but also in other parts of my day and my week, I'm coming back at this vocabulary in different ways. So it becomes just a French lesson here and there. And I integrate it where I can in, in many ways. And I like that it gives that structure. And like you said, the sort of a tangible moving forward with the, with the vocabulary. So you, you can build pretty quickly to get the kids up to a, a, per, a, a level of vocabulary that they're able to use it a little more um, comfortably. Yeah, and if I'm just thinking, if one did 20 words a week for 40 weeks, that's 800 words, or 25, that would be 1,000 words in a year. Yeah. And so that's all, and I mean, that's just a core of vocabulary for the week. But to know those words well, you've, within one year, developed a very, a fairly robust beginner vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And so talking about the vocabulary, like you've said, we tend to land on about 20 to 30 words, I find, in a week. And um, what I've noticed as well, when we are selecting the words for the dictée, I know both you and I like to look ahead and we're saying, okay, we're going to get into this next theme. Um, let's say it's um, Earth Month and it's um, environmental issues. So we look at the texts that we're going to be working with with the students, whether they're video, whether they're audio, whether they're printed text, and mining that text for vocabulary and building up a list of, like you said, about 20 to 30 words. And I know we put thought into, are they nouns? Are they verbs? Are they adjectives? Are they pronouns? Because we're, we're thinking about... Um, the grammatical concepts as well that are gonna that are gonna be part of our teaching and hopefully throwing in at least one connecting word each week right and those little expressions too mm -hmm. like little phrases as well yeah absolutely in grade seven I'm sometimes a little bit more light-hearted I'll pick some very purposeful academic words but a few weeks ago I threw in the word puree and I brought in a potato masher and so I asked them, what do you do with a potato masher? You make mashed potatoes. What else can you make? Someone said puree. And then I introduced puree as darn it. 
Oh, puree, you know. So that, you know, so sometimes, especially with grade seven, because it's their second year in French, I'm less focused on. I I still take it very seriously that it's vocabulary that they need. They're going to use, but I like to throw in a few just for fun, just like little little rewards. Before we go further, do we want to talk about a couple different ways we've used dictate? Yes, let's do that. Talk about that previous experience and what we've done with it in the past. So I've taught in Alberta and BC and I've taught different grades, different programs, different schools, and I've seen it used in different ways. And a couple of the ways I've used it in the past, sort of like oh, the what I would call traditional dictée, where there are words to be memorized for a quiz, a list of words that students um, get at the beginning of the week, and then we do some practice dictée, and then there's a quiz at the end of the week. And I guess in some ways what we're doing now is similar, has some similarities to that, but I think it's more in-depth and rich compared mm -hmm. to the way that I've used it in that traditional way in the past. Mm -hmm. And that um, format that you're describing sounds like a spelling quiz. Right, exactly. Or as I've heard it referred to as spelling on steroids. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> yes. That was funny. Yes. And then um, after using dictée a little bit in that more traditional kind of format, I think I struggled a little bit with the value of that kind of activity and did it make sense for me in another district another school I worked with a group of educators that were using what's called the dictée modifiée oh and it came out of her master's thesis where she had the similar kind of struggle with a primary class that she was teaching wondering is this the best use of time for instruction in French language and came across came across um, dicte modifié, where um, students work. There's a, there's a structure to it, but to sort of summarize it in a way, um, the, a teacher would you would um, dictate a, a sentence with some of the target vocabulary or sounds that you're working on, depending how you've organized it, and then every student writes down that sentence and then they work in table groups or with partners and they use their reference materials to check and correct. Oh, I really like that. Yeah, their sentence. So after this this is done, then we get out our reference materials, whether it's our dictionary, Becherel, and I go through the sentence and then I compare with my partner and I'll notice, oh, I noticed that you spelled A-E-T um, and I spelled it E-S-T which one makes sense here, and they have that discussion to try and land on it. And then as a class, the teacher using the whiteboard would reread the sentence small chunks at a time, and then students orally spell out, and the teacher writes on the whiteboard. And you don't make any commentary, you accept exactly what's given to you as the teacher, and you're scribing on the whiteboard. In my experience with this approach, what happens is as you're writing and you're calling on different students to give you the pieces of the phrase all together, somebody will put up their hand and start to correct the sentence right away. If they're working, you know, they weren't working together as a group and they start making those corrections as you're writing. And then when you're done, 
you ask the students um, as they're giving you that feedback. I wait until the end until I've got the whole sentence written up. Then you ask the students, y a-t-il des corrections à faire? You leave it up to them. So then they put up their hands inevitably and you accept all the varieties of spelling. And so if um, it's a word that had the, like, regarder, somebody might have it spelled E-R at the end, somebody might have it spelled E-Z at the end, somebody might have it spelled E accent aigu at the end, and you basically leave space underneath the sentence and you just write a list of all the accepted spellings in the class. Then when you finish that phase of it, now you ask the class, qu'est-ce qu'on peut éliminer? And then you go through the eliminations and that's where you have that conversation. To The kids are getting into the grammar and the justification of why is it this choice over that choice, which one makes sense or is it a sound issue? Is it a phonetic issue? Or is it a grammatical issue? Is it an agreement? Why would there be an S at the end, etc.? So um, as a whole class, the teacher is really um, scribing and leading the conversation, but the students are the ones taking apart that sentence and providing the um, corrections. I think that is so powerful because... The teacher expert, that role, it's sometimes such a hindrance because then it's, um, what is that term we use in math club that, oh, instead of guess and check, guess and check with the teacher, right? Mm. And that over-dependence on checking with the teacher as the authority short circuits the critical thinking. Right. I love how that whole routine, it's so well thought out, it clearly describes, prescribes the role that the teacher has as a scribe. So the teacher's role is really critical there, but so is the self-control to not have to show yourself as a person of authority, not use nonverbal cues to hint towards the correct answer. That's fascinating. I have to try that. Yeah, and when I used it most recently, just before I came to my prior school, and I was in a grade six, seven early French immersion class, I was using this approach. And the actual, you know, it would sometimes just be one sentence, sometimes it would be two short sentences. So on a day to day basis, it's not a long, uh, there's not a lot of text to work with, but there's a lot of things you can do with a short piece of text. I found for the most part, the students were engaged in the process and they were very um, keen. They, it, they really liked that up on the whiteboard, let's correct it together. They, they really bought into that routine. So that's helpful at that age that they were engaged in that. And we had some really good conversations about grammar. And I, it, in the end, like you were saying, when the teacher has to finally be the expert, occasionally there may be one word Mm-hmm. where I had to step in at the end. So once we've done the whole thing and we go through and check it, then maybe there's occasionally a time. But generally, the expertise within the class figures it out together. Mm-hmm. And now, so talking about this, it's not something I've done recently, mm-hmm. but now I'm asking myself, why am I not doing this? Mm-hmm. Because I do think it's a good, it's a really good way to um, have um, inquiry and critical thinking, right, into complex 
grammar rules like how and how the words are being used because if we ask ourselves is this a noun is it a verb is it an adjective that has implications for the spelling and yeah and another thing is that it really invites students to notice and I think whether it's the traditional dictate variations on it or a whole plethora of other activities we do and or this routine we really want students noticing and some students are naturally good at noticing features of the language yes and our job is to increase um, opportunities to practice noticing so that everyone gets better at it and I was quite heartened the other day when a student asked I can't remember what the context was but just in the middle of the class asked que veut dire le mot i like y and I hadn't actually never thought to put it on one of our lists but it was a great chance to take a minute to talk about generally what it means but she was being a really good noticer it reminds me in a way and sometimes I use this as my morning message in my routine in the morning is putting my message out is a sentence but it's got errors in it and then you know find and help me correct the errors mm -hmm. kind of similar but the power I think in dicte modifié in that way is that I'm not creating the error. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's coming out of the group as a whole and then we're finding those mistakes and correcting them because maybe they are spelling this group of words correctly and that's not where we need to spend time. It happens more organically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So powerful. And another one I've used, again not in the last 10 years or so, but for a few years, I used uh, dicte PGL very faithfully. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I've heard of this. Mm -hmm. Where is it from? From Montreal, as far as I can tell, Canadian. And so it's the Fondation, forgive me, I haven't looked at it recently, Pour Gérin la Joie. And so it leads up to this competition sort of thing. But by signing up as a teacher you have access to these materials and I even went so far a couple of years like ordered the booklets and mm -hmm. we did this really structured routine with the kids and we came to the time in the spring where they did the dictée and I liked what I liked about that one is that typically the context is um, and I think it may be part of their agenda is it's talking about um, people and, and children who live in les pays défavorisés. Like, oh, and so okay. you're, you're learning about the world oh. and other countries of the world. I like that, matching the content yeah, with, so I, with the structure. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I liked mm -hmm. is I could sort of um, dig, dig a little deeper into the content and make connections there. I have never actually used that one myself, but I have received free materials that they sent out one time and it did appeal to me, yeah. but for whatever reason, I didn't go further with that. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so those are kind of just in a nutshell, ones I've seen and used in the past. And then I know we're gonna talk more about where we are today, but how and, about you? Like, yeah, and so dictate classic that I come across in materials and I have not gone to school in France. I don't know if this how it is, but mm -hmm. I believe it's a paragraph and you, so m many sentences, and it needs to be written out, punctuation, There's, it's not doesn't change. I've listened to some, um, you know, academics talking about the pros and cons of dictate, and one that I was listening to recently, he was saying, 
you know, I hated dictate when I, you know, had to do it, but it does help a lot. And so <laughs> I feel like this is again something we have to balance that what is the, I guess that formal term is the what is the washback on students? What is the impact on them? Is it a net positive or is there going to be a net negative? And so if there are negatives, how can we mitigate those? And are those characteristics of the task or is it a learner characteristic or like what's going on? So I guess every situation obviously has to be considered on its own merits, but talking about the the format of the dictate I think is really interesting. So I myself um, used phonetic or phonics based uh, spelling lists when I was teaching grade two and three or even grade one, you know, maybe they would have five words or something and we would only correct the sound. So if it was on, they had to get the O-N or maybe the like bon, B-O-N. But if it was bon, like a hop, which I wouldn't have picked for grade one, but the silent letter wouldn't necessarily count or something like that. So I think the marking scheme is important. With our students now, they, le you, they learn the um, phonics patterns quite quickly and we can post them in the classroom. So this is another strategy I've used sometimes is I have really obvious clues on the walls and um, sometimes students think they're cheating because they're looking at it, whereas in my head I'm thinking, yay, the whole class is paying attention to this thing I've posted they think they're being clever and cheating, but really they're paying attention to a resource that I want them to pay attention to. But when I came to my current school, I was introduced to a new format of dictate. And so there have been several authors of this bank of dictates, which I don't even think we use those original ones anymore. Um, you've created your own. But we still use many of those um, vari variations in the activities and some of those might be quite different and new to the listener and this year I switched up a little bit uh, how I'm doing it with the grade sevens and actually I think it's something that you have done before so I maybe got the idea from you but have been using it more often. What's that? So what I do is on a Monday morning because I'd like to start the week off with the theme is I take my whiteboard pen and I write one word on the table spot of each student. So if there's 24 students in the class, then there's 24 words. And they each have an iPad and they have to look up on Lingui. Although I don't know why I make them look it up on Lingui because they could look up memes or they could look up other ways, but I've directed them to that resource. And they, need, they also have an index card and they have to copy down on the index card their word, a basic definition, and then three or four of their favorite sentences. And so then I collect them all up, we wash the tables, we're moving on with our other activities, and then we start building um, activities that we're going to use during the week. So I quickly type up the sentences um, and I make close activities for subsequent days. And then they, what they're doing is 
I provide them with the entire list after that. And they start creating illustrations, like so just one standalone illustration where they integrate as many of the words from the week as possible and they number every spot on their picture where they've, um, so if maize is one of them, they would put the number one, but they don't write the word. And then the invitation is then later, I will take their illustrations, um, I'll photocopy a bunch of them, and then the challenge for classmates is write a story now that goes with this. You can see if there's four numbers on there, you have to include four of the words. And then the student gets back these stories and they can look at it. So it becomes a kind of creative process. I like that because um, I don't know if I gave you that exact, but you know, it reminds me of Pwim, but it reminds oh. me of oh, yeah. um, picture word inductive model. Yes. But at a at a uh, individual level, mm. and then sharing it with their with their colleagues. But I know one of the or some of the cons that are stated around dicte is that it's just memorization. Um, it's artificial writing as opposed to authentic writing, and doesn't develop critical thinking. But what you're telling me with that particular those activities that you're doing with the students is it's creating critical thinking and uh, opportunities for critical thinking and for creative writing. Multiple encounters with a word, increasing the degrees of knowing a word, I think are the strengths of using these different approaches in addition to the grammatical noticing mm -hmm. that we were referencing. Yeah, and it also, your previous examples with the students finding sentences and illustrating also reminds me of which I use uh, the language detective activity, which I use from time to time with my class, where it's just selecting one word and then working hard with a word to understand it and see it in context by under, getting a definition, a synonym, an antonym, use it in a sentence. What is it not? Can you illustrate it? Yes. How are we using dictate today? given all of this background. Yes. Uh, I'll give you the structure I'm working with on a weekly basis. And there's still, as I go through the year even, and as I meet new classes, it's changing. But the general structure is that there is a, a thematic word list of 20 to 30 words, nouns, verbs, adjectives. And on Friday, the students get a word search with these words and the expectation is that they come to school on Monday having looked up the words. So they know the definitions of the words. Something I really have to, and I'm still finding after several months with this group, that I still have to remind them is when they go to the dictionary, and this is why I like theme, is picking the correct definition of the word. That in itself is a task because if I look at this is the theme of the week, then does that definition of that word make sense here? Does that Can you see how that word would fit within this theme? And if not, when you look through the various definitions, is there one that has a nicer fit? Um, and then Monday to Thursday, so the following week, every day we do a new activity to support language acquisition. So I usually start on Mondays with either some kind of a video or a song, some kind of comprehensible input 
or even sometimes it's an image if I can't find a picture I'm sorry if I can't find a, a video or a song or something like that with the language um, so some kind of visual visual support to uh, generate and use the words in context and typically on Monday um, is introduction to the vocabulary in context and then possibly some grammar instruction some just-in-time teaching and some grammar activity that may go with something that I'm really focusing on for that week whether it's a verb conjugation or agreement um, of adjective and noun masculine feminine singular and plural and um, then we have close activities on Tuesday and or Wednesday where students are working with the vocabulary words and completing sentences with the appropriate choice of the word in context. And you provide the word bank? Yes, I provide the word bank. I guess they would have it from the Monday and yes. Friday anyway. Yes, yeah. yes. And um, then I also do... Um, a Thursday, a pre-quiz, but I've noticed lately I've been dropping the pre-quiz more and more frequently, which makes is, is forcing me to ask myself, why am I doing this? I'm not sure yet mm -hmm. if I see its necessity or... Yeah, I have a colleague, or I had a colleague at my previous school who would give the pre-test on the Thursday. Mm -hmm. If you scored 80% or above, mm -hmm. you didn't do the quiz oh, on the Friday. Interesting, okay. Yeah. And then Friday, of course, we have the, the final quiz. But what I'm finding I'm also doing is on Thursday and or Friday, usually starting on Thursday, going into Friday, on a weekly basis, I tend to have some kind of a, like a mini summative activity with the mm. vocabulary. And for me, that's the more valuable piece than the quiz. Mm -hmm. So I find like the quiz gives structure. Mm -hmm. The quiz asks of the students a daily review and working with the language and gives them something to work towards. But on that final kind of summative activity, um, one recent one, for example, was um, um, endangered animals was the theme. And so, of course, there was a quiz. But on Thursday, I had them select one of the endangered animals and then um, create a devinette mm. for that animal using vocabulary from the list. Mm -hmm. And so then on Friday, they did a good copy of that. And so for me, that's the more valuable piece is seeing them use the language in context in a more meaningful way. Mm -hmm. So then again, that brings me back to that. So why am I still giving the quiz on Friday? So I haven't fully landed on that yet, but it's still the structure I'm using. Mm -hmm. Because it's less important to me as the teacher. Mm hmm. But to me, if you handed out all this vocabulary all week, yes, and it was like, just learn it. And there's no quiz. I mean, a quiz increases accountability. It's something measurable. That's what I kind of feel. Yeah, I think that's in my heart of hearts, mm -hmm. <laughs> what I'm thinking. But I mean, really, the exploration that of the and the um, lessons we do Monday to Thursday, just have so much more meaning. And what you're saying is it's the quiz is only one small piece of the puzzle. It is one small piece. It's not the be-all and end-all. And then during the week with the, the language, I'll do a variety of activities. Just some might be as simple as like one I call la phrase élastique. Oh, and so what is that? 
It's a fun one, and it works best. It would be great for grade seven. Yeah. It works best for students in grade six, late French immersion, after Christmas. And for kids in early French immersion, I think, fine mm. anytime. Basically, so one of the themes I have coming up is on environment. And so I could write a sentence on the whiteboard. Um, je recycle le papier. Simple French sentence. Yeah. Then it's up to the students, so using their mini whiteboards, is to come up with a more interesting and descriptive sentence by mm. adding to it. So they might come up with, for example, je dois recycler le papier en salle de classe. Mm. So give a little more. They know that verb now, the je dois. Mm -hmm. Or, and the thing I like about this is it's open. Mm -hmm. So my most advanced students are going to write and write and write. Mm -hmm. And my students who are, you know, in that developing phase might just add, je recycle le papier en salle de classe. They might just mm -hmm. add a little bit more. Or it might go so far as, pour protéger la planète, je vais recycler les feuilles de papier à l'école et à la maison. And that's something I know my students. Yeah. I have students for sure who would do that. Mm -hmm. So when I'm thinking of these kinds of activities in class that I'm doing Monday to Thursday... I do look for the open-ended ones mm -hmm. because in my classroom, there are a range of abilities and this way there's an entry point for everybody and the, mo and the most advanced and the ones who are seeking the greatest challenge, they are quite self-motivated. They're going to push themselves that much further. So I do have the close activities, but again, those are just like really, those take 15 minutes of my class time once mm -hmm. a week, mm -hmm. whereas these activities we explore more fully. Um, I've already talked about this one, l'atelier de négociation graphique, which is basically like the oh. dicté modifié, right? Okay. Where you organize the kids into groups and give a dictation of one sentence and they have to write it down and we make sense of it all together. Uh, another one I really like is le mot mystère, where... What is it called? Like password? I don't know. There's a game show. Oh, right? yeah. It's password. Where there's a word. Oh, yeah. And I have to give clues. Mm -hmm. And you have to try and guess the word. Mm. And um, there are certain words that you can't say. Like mm. I can't say a mot de la même famille or I can't give it away in any mm -hmm. kind of way. So that's a good one for speaking and still working with the, um, the images. Another one I like to do, too, quite often is um, just projecting an image related to the theme, which is why I'm so married to thematic exploration, because I put up a picture and then um, students can write in their writing journal based on that image. Like you said with yours, like here's the image with the four numbers. Now you have to write a story that goes with. I like that, whereas the students are in your scenario are providing the image and not, not me. Um, so I can do that way with one image or sometimes what I'll do is, um, put up five or six different pictures on one Google slide and then speaking, the students speak together and describe one of the images orally and the other person has to guess which number it is. Mm. So something where we're using the vocabulary in a spoken way. So those are just some of the kinds of activities where I have this structure, mm -hmm. this Friday to Friday structure, but within that. There's a lot of different ways of exploring the vocabulary. I feel like it lends a kind of predictability and security for, to students too, that they know, okay, if I'm going to study this on my own, 
I need to focus on this. This is the, these are the must haves. And then there's some other nice to haves, but these are the must haves. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I have gone to town on this year is, especially because they're grade sevens, is I insist on them making flashcards. I know there's flashcard apps that you can use online, but I really want them to be aware of when you make a flashcard, these are my rules, uh, you write the English word on one side, the French word on the other side. Um, you could also, if you're going to add illustrations or something, add those on the French side. And then I always tell them you, it's useless to have the English and the French on the same side because in the few seconds between when you see whether it's the English prompt or the French prompt, before you turn it over, those few seconds of retrieval and struggle is where the learning happens. And so I'm a little fanatical about this. <laughs> there are rules that must be followed. I started off have, having them make the flashcards in class, but now I encourage them to make them at home. Um, the other thing, just I love all of those examples and I'm writing down ideas like la phrase elastic. I need to do that. I'm going to do that next week. One thing I've changed up with the dictate is how I correct it at the end of the week. And so I came across this idea, a mention of an idea of using a deductive scoring method. For example, if one of the words that I have in the dictate, for example, is purée, in the close or gap fill activity, I'll leave out up to five words, a string of five words, and the target word is somewhere in there. So for example, they have to write la purée de pommes de terre. La purée de pommes de terre is six words. Um, so I might cluster it and say, you know, maybe that's worth three chunks. La purée de pommes de terre. So then with the deductive method, I would say that's a maximum of three points. If they've got it all, great, three points. If you're missing a word, you lose one point. Or if you spell a sound incorrectly. Like purée, if you wrote pur, then that would be minus one. But just in using the vocab, I'm liking adding the strings of words. Like sometimes maybe it's only three words and even little words because, again, it's forcing that listening and noticing. Let's talk about where are we going next with our dictée. Mm -hmm. So as teachers who have been working with various formats, in and out of this approach over 25 years, where are you going next? Um, I think I'm most affirmed in the value of the noticing um, because that is a path to language learning. If you're not a good noticer, you're not a good listener. We usually talk about it as listening, but I feel like that's less of what I'm talking about than noticing. Um, that's the path to being a really strong language learner. Um, I love the systematicity of it. And I know that kind of if you're going to have faith in a system, by the end of the year, you'll have learned 800 to 1,000 to 1,200 words just from these word lists. 
Um, so students can even go back and reread their previous weeks as a form of review. Um, my next step though, the very next one I want to do is La Phrase Elastique. I want to use the whiteboards because I feel like there's something really wonderful we've mentioned before about you can erase and rewrite, it doesn't feel as formal as uh, pencil and paper. I think our conversations are so helpful for me professionally. It forces me to stop and think about what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and how may I go forward and change that. I'm not the teacher who pulls out the September file from 20 years ago <laughs> and says, here I go, it's September. But I'm always looking for ways to improve my teaching and to make my teaching more responsive to the learners I have. Every year is so different with our kids. So I feel like from today's conversation, I feel affirmed in the approach in terms of the rich, richness and structure for vocabulary acquisition. And then you just saying 800 to 1,000 words is making me realize the value there alone. And how it's, yes, it's spelling, but it's beyond spelling. This gives a home for just-in-time grammatical teaching as well, which I really respond well to, that we do it as we need it in our, um, in our teaching. And going forward... Um, I'm definitely going to take your picture illustration with the numbers activity with my students, which I think is a much more student-owned version of PWIM, the picture word inductive model, that is generated by the students for the students. I love that idea, and I'm definitely going to do it. The second thing is just talking through dicte modifié with you, something I haven't been back to, but absolutely next week I'm going back to that, and I'm going to start sprinkling it in and see how this group responds to it. It's something, like I've said, if I find that the group is engaged and they're into it, right on, we're going to move ahead with that. We'll try it out and see how it goes. But again, with late immersion in grade six, I think this is a time of year when we're moving into spring um, where they're ready for this kind of de deep grammatical and uh, deep exploration of words. So um, I'm going to move forward with that and I'm still going to be thinking about um and I'm going to do la phrase elastique I'm going to continue to mm -hmm, do that mm -hmm. and I'm going to think about um the quiz how we how I mark the quiz and as I've said to you how important is it but it does provide that structure right so mm -hmm. just it's all that to say is that the thinking doesn't stop <laughs> at the end mm -hmm, of the conversation mm -hmm. But we go forward, we try some new things in our practice and see what sticks and what doesn't and what respond, you know, what the students respond to. Mm -hmm. And I love your, like, I don't know if it was an off the cuff question that you asked just before we started the episode. Yeah. But you were asking sort of what lens or framework are you thinking of dictate through? And I was like, oh, hold on. Let me think about that. Because I think stepping back, as you say, this is, these are rich conversations because we're thinking not just is this a good activity or not, but by what criteria do we measure the value of any of the activities that we're doing in the class? So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for today's conversation. Merci à toi, madame. Okay. À la prochaine. À la prochaine.